a lot of people ask, what's next for Barbados? And I don't think you have to have a next. No. I think you keep things small, like you say, you don't want to... I mean, it's such a great brand that it has been a lot of people come to us and ask, can they do license agreements? Can they franchise our brand? But I just would never want that. I'd never want to let go of what the brand means to us. Hello and welcome to Good Moves, a podcast by Punch Bars. On our show, we have wholehearted conversations with fitness and yoga studio owners to learn more about the unique ways they run their business and inspiring ways they live their lives. I'm your host, Claire. I ran a thriving yoga studio for eight years and have been part of the Punch Fast team for almost as long. We have so much to learn from each other. Let's jump right in. Cool. So today on Good Moves, we've got Rosa. Rosa's from Barbies in beautiful Dunedin, New Zealand. Rosa, can you just start by introducing yourself and go anywhere you want to go? Oh, yes. So I'm Rosa. I founded or co-founded Barbase back in 2015 with a friend at the time who's since moved on from the business a few years later. She ended up going studying to be a chiropractor up north. Um, so since then, I've been going alone somewhat with a really, really amazing team. But classic sort of founder story, we began out of renting church halls and We've got a university here in Dunedin, so they've got a pretty beautiful old dance studio. So we used their studio there for a while, grabbed my mom, our friends, pulled them into the classes and started creating bar. And it's nearly been seven years. And bar was pretty unknown globally, actually, in that, at that time. It was starting to become pretty not well known in the, the States and the UK but certainly not in New Zealand at all and certainly not in Dunedin. We are right at the bottom of the South Island. So, yeah, really the main things there were trying to understand what bar was and communicate that more clearly, especially coming from a dance background. I think a lot of people in our community assumed that I was, it was a sort of extension of teaching dance, but also trying to create our own version of bar that wasn't too dancey, that was accessible, but still held on to that kind of ballet and, and dance flair. So it's certainly shifted a lot. I'd say the first class I ever taught looks quite different to how I teach now um, with what we've learned along the way and all the different bodies that we've had through that, you know, we've worked with. So yeah, That's, now we've got our own studio. It's beautiful. Things are quite yeah, your, thank you. Your studio space is absolutely like it's like a dream, I think, for all studio owners. It's just absolutely stunning. Thank you. Yeah, it's an old heritage building in Dunedin. Dunedin's full of really beautiful old heritage spaces that are really honoured here. Yeah. Um, there's quite a few landlords and things who invest so much time and money um, and energy into protecting those spaces. So we are in Victoria Chambers down in the old precinct of Dunedin. What a really amazing landlord, Ted Daniels, who just is the sort of yeah, best, most supportive dude. And he is really into supporting small businesses in Dunedin. So he makes it really accessible for us to be there, but really lucky. Yeah, I, I think so nice. shockingly landlords can really make or break a lot of small businesses, especially when you need a lot of space. It can be a real tipping point, I think, for a lot of people. So you talked at the start about how you kind of had to introduce and educate people about bar. And I confess when I started doing some research, I was way off the mark. I definitely had that feeling in my head that it felt a little bit more like a kind of a modified ballet class, I guess. And I guess that's when you see the physical bar in photos and things like that, you kind of jump to that conclusion. Can you describe a little bit more about what it actually is, especially the way that you do it? Yeah, for sure. So I would say it's 
the beautiful thing about the bar is that it's there to hold and support us. So if you think about going sort of to a, a Pilates class on a mat where you're standing or even a, a vinyasa yoga class, it can be really challenging, especially for our older clients or people who have just had a baby or had an injury to balance. Yep. So the bar is first and foremost, it's there to hold on to. So it's there to really help you find balance, alignment, posture, and give you that feedback. And then when the ballet stuff comes into it, it's really just the the length and the strength of a dancer that we're trying to sort of find and that core strength as well. It's certainly not dancing. I've spent <laughs> seven years putting that. Yep. Um, and yeah, it's really difficult. But I mean, if you step, step foot in the studio, you'd see there's just such a diverse range of men and women, right? Men right up through to their 70s, which I think really surprises people. We have quite a big influence of yoga in our classes as well. It's quite mindful. It's quite slow. The moves are very simple and repetitive. I have been to quite a lot of bar classes all around the world. I used to work full-time as a marketing manager as well. So got to jump into lots of classes all around the world. And they were quite aerobic and were quite fast and had that more Pilates breath. Yep. But I would say we're anchored in that yoga breath. Awesome. So that's our wee point of Yeah. So I noticed a lot of your instructors instruct both. So you feel like there's a little bit more of a merging of yoga and bar in your classes. Some are pure yoga, some are pure bar, but there's a little bit of mixing in there. Yeah, for sure. I think it's just more that diaphragmatic breath. When we breathe through the nose, we don't really cue the Pilates breath, um, which I've seen a lot of people do around the world with bar. We don't start with those kind of warm-ups either. Um, We usually ground in. So it's a little bit more yoga-focused in that sense. Yeah, and I mean, bar is... It's always misunderstood, I think, because it is very tough. It's yep. such a good burn. It's very low impact. So that's what makes it really great for all ages as well. Yeah, I saw that on your website as well, and I really, really love the way you phrased it. I thought about reading it verbatim, but I think that's probably better to let you talk about it. But you were talking or writing on your website about maybe you're coming to bar to get fitter, stronger, maybe thinner, but then led into that possibly not being the point. Can you kind of articulate that a little bit better than I just did and and let us know what your philosophy is for your community and how you kind of approach those conversations about people who are looking to lose weight, et cetera, et cetera, through this type of movement? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this one's pretty important to me. And I think Mm. coming from a dance background for a start, it's very focused on your appearance and what you look like and yeah, how you show up with it as well. And being quite an athletic child and sporty child, I had a lot of comments from dance teachers saying, you look too strong. You know, what have you been doing? Like very much body focused. And then as an extension of that, I went to an all girls school. So, you know, there was just a lot of that, those feelings. And I yep. did not want that to come into the bar community at all. I wanted it to be an empowering space. And I think a lot at the time, a lot of fitness was going there. You know, I have a really good friend who is one of, the world's leading CrossFit athletes and she's so strong and so powerful and those kind of messages were so prevalent in those kinds of communities but they weren't yet in Pilates or bar Mm. you know that was a big part of when we started was creating our own brand actually yeah and bar based it's kind of your foundations it's not about the aesthetic and yeah it's it's a tricky one because seven years ago that world was full of get the dancer's body and right. you know, burn and it's all very kind of what you're losing. Yeah. But I've 
I'm wanting to reframe it as to what you gain through the process, what you gain through exercise, not what you lose. Yeah, and our ethos is to move with strength and freedom. And whenever I'm asked those kinds of questions, I always come back to that. So that yeah. feeling of empowerment, that feeling of freedom and letting go of looking, wanting to look a certain way. Yeah, just I think- focus on yeah, yeah, working with your body, not on it, I guess. Yeah, I think personally, I mean the stronger I get, the less I care what I look like, I think is what really comes down to. So it feels like that's kind of the prevailing philosophy for you guys too. So with that in mind, can you describe your community? What types of people do you have coming? You've touched on it a little bit. Sounds like anyone and everyone, but is there a general vibe that you find? It is. It's, yeah, it's very, very diverse. But I think people who are drawn to bar tend to be people about 35 and onwards. Yeah. And I started teaching at about 24 and I think just because our teachers are mainly under 30, not all people would assume that's the same of our community, but it's not like that at all. It's very, bar is very attractive for women who have had children, um, especially people who have been quite physical and then need to take another approach. People who have had injuries, people who have been in a lot of pain. And the common theme I think is, People, a lot of the time it is people who have been quite athletic in their past are looking for something that kind of meets meets that so that they're feeling that sweat, they're feeling that energy, but taking a far more restorative approach to their movement. But yeah, we've got so many different people in the studio and I wish, I, I sort of have a no phones, no photos sort of rule. It's not written, but it's it's definitely a rule. Like I encourage everyone to leave their phones at the door. Uh, we never take photos of our clients yeah. or photos of the room or videos. So you wouldn't really know unless you came. Yeah, I think All that's really that's tricky from yeah. a marketing standpoint, I think, because you do end up sometimes with, yeah, you, you, you want to take a picture of those beautiful, wonderful, different people, but it's not appropriate. Yeah, I find it really difficult just because I think we definitely, you know, I, I'm so, I have such a strong opinion on this, but I know we could still do better. But currently as it stands, the people in the photos are just our team. Yeah. Which is great. Like it's, our team's beautiful, but I think more diversity, the better. Dunedin's not a hugely diverse place either. So I think we all need to do better here. Yeah. But it's a difficult because I don't want to, I don't want to have to take photos of our clients and they're not there for that. No, (laughs) exactly. I think it's become such a normal thing for yoga studios to do, especially and you know, sometimes people are in vulnerable situations just walking through life and they don't need the photo. And even if you tell them they can opt out, you know, it's still an uncomfortable conversation that they didn't sign up for when they decided to come to your class. So yeah, I really respect that. Yeah. And it's so nice for everyone to be more present, you know, absolutely on our devices, the teachers included, like, no, put them away. How do you, um, yeah. Coming, I know you have quite a team of teachers, which is great. I know from having my own studio, one of the things that is challenging when you're managing a team is making sure that everyone's on board with taking care of things the way you want things taken care of, especially philosophically, things like not taking photos, respecting all body types, all those great things. How do you balance that Mm -hmm. with respecting what the uniqueness and the individuality that your teachers are bringing to the table. Do you find that challenging or do you find they're all fairly aligned in the first place? We've all been fairly aligned. I, If there is someone interested in working with Barbase, there's certainly a bit of a screening process. Yeah. That's a terrible way to put it. But I mean, I encourage people to come to the studio. 
we've got a first timers deal. Come and try it. Come and get a feeling here because it you may feel completely aligned to it. You might not. Yeah. yeah I usually prefer to hire from within so that, you know, I've got a really good feeling of that person, their ethos as well, the teaching. I've in the past trained a lot of people completely from scratch because again, what we offer is quite different to a normal bar course. And actually years ago, there was no such thing as a bar course. You know, right. you could do a Pilates one. That there may have been in the States, but certainly not in Dunedin, certainly not in New Zealand. I think only bar courses have only really started here in the last few years. And they are quite short, sharp courses on the back of kind of Pilates workshops. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm I've trained up people from no background, a little bit of dance background. Some have had a little bit of yoga background, but have trained them up into teaching bar. And that has been great. It's a lot of yeah, effort. That's the dream. Yeah. Yeah. Our teachers stay around for a while. So that's fantastic. Really Yay. Yeah. That's beautiful. Sorry? <laughs> trust your gut. I said, I, you just have to trust your gut as well. Yeah. Sometimes I think certain... 99% of the time, I think trusting your gut is good. But every now and then I think someone really comes to the table and you're like, these guys, it's going to be great. But I think there's so many more facets to being a teacher in that role than people give credit for. I mean, there's so many, you ask a lot, I think, not you particularly, but as a studio mm-hmm. manager, I think we ask a lot of our teachers because we need them to be an extension of us, but also bring the good stuff to the table. So yeah, I think it's a massively challenging role. I applaud anyone it is, who does it, yeah. to be and, honest. And celebrating their diversity too and what they bring, as you say, like no teacher's the same and that's what's amazing about it and certain people will be drawn to to different teachers. Yeah. And, yeah, there's an element of letting go, I would admit, I, I can say as well. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> when someone, well, when someone likes maybe someone else's class instead of your class or moves on to something that's a better fit, you do have to leave the ego, I think, out of the conversation and just go, that's great and whatever works for you. So I've learned so much from the teachers that have, you know, been in the studio, present and past. Yep. Yeah. Certain specific teachers, especially like we, we, I feel very on the same level as them. And yeah. so many of them had been teaching even longer than me, you know. Yep. So I just feel so lucky that I can, we've all shaped what Barbas is together. It's not just me. Yep. It's not just my ethos. All of us that have been in the studio, past, present our clients as well and what's important to them it's yeah a lot of what we do is just feedback from our members and yeah I think it's such a collaborative effort yeah I I totally understand where you're coming from was this always what you wanted to do is this was this the plan oh shifting (laughs) Um, yeah being in in some sort of fitness thing has always been a part of my life as I said like I danced throughout my whole life but also was very interested in sports I always had a passion for encouraging movement. My high school, upon reflection, and I've thought about this quite a lot, was a great school, but it was quite small. And it was sort of fit people and very talented sports people were very celebrated. But there were many that were left behind. And I was a naturally pretty fit person, but there were still sports that I was scared to do. And I think, yeah, I... There's so many things that if I went back to a high school and if I was a PE teacher or involved with some sort of schooling systems, I would change just to get more people moving and making it feel more welcoming. Yeah. So, yeah, upon reflection of high school in particular, those are messages that I really want to 
but well, things of importance that I want to bring into the studio because I meet so many women who come to the studio have never exercised before, just get this amazing buzz, yep. feel welcomed in an exercise space for the first time and have just carried for their whole, you know, teenage lives in particular that sports wasn't for them right. or movement wasn't for them. So, yeah, that's something that I've always carried with me through dance, through high school. But I studied Indigenous Studies, um, Māori Marketing and Communications at uni. Oh, wow. So, so Māori, Māori language in particular. And post-university, I kind of, Dunedin's a small place. There weren't many opportunities many opportunities at the time to sort of jump into a marketing role, and I, but I wanted to stay here. So um, my partner, Ollie, encouraged me to, he's like, what are your passions? Put them together. And Barbase was created. That's beautiful. Yeah, he's amazing. Um, The sort of other side of our online business as well. So he's a designer and website developer and videographer. So very helpful. Nice. Complimentary skills. Yeah. Yep. Well, your website is beautiful as always. I mean, it's just stunning. And I know you've got the video platform separate now to Punch Pass, which is gorgeous is that going well for you the online yeah it's yeah. Going well. yeah it's almost a necessity sadly just with shifting in and out of COVID but it was something ironically that he and I had talked about for so long but we both were working full-time yeah. while I was running the business so I only finished working full-time a year ago oh wow yeah that's yeah. wild so, yeah, like, no idea yeah yeah so I was, um, yeah, marketing manager at a technology company. And that was why having the team was so important as well, because I also worked 40 hours elsewhere. It was a pre- pretty flexible job. So I could, and it was actually just across the road. The office was just across the road from the studio. Oh, that's beautiful. So I could look out, you know, see inside <laughs> the studio and run over and teach a lunchtime class. Oh, that's perfect. Um, yeah, yeah. Luckily, Dunedin's so small. But yeah, at the same time, it did get too much and... I wanted to put my energy and much more into the business and having the online business grow basically duplicated another business again. So we really needed to put the energy into that. But so do you we, find yeah, back to, you're back to in-person now? Sorry. Do you find the same people are yeah. accessing the on-demand stuff as are coming to class or do you feel like people have sort of separated out into two different realms? What do you think is happening Yeah, it's there? a mixture. It's a mixture for sure. I mean, we've just come out of another lockdown in New Zealand. Auckland's still in lockdown. Dunedin, we've got a little more flexibility. And there are people who did online through the lockdown and have stayed there and decided to not come back to the studio for now, just because case numbers are growing again and so on and so forth. So you've got that sort of group. Then you've got a lot of people online who have lived in Dunedin, um, who've had some connection to us in some way some people in Germany. Uh, there's a woman who was an exchange student in Dunedin who just fell in love with Barbas and has done it online ever since. So there's a really a nice mix like that. And then there's some people who potentially, specifically like young mothers who can only maybe get into the studio once a week but want a little bit more. So they may do both online and studio. So certainly a mixture, but having a studio does allow your platform to to grow a lot faster in those early stages. Definitely. You've just already got, you know, context. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you have any sort of thoughts on what's next for you guys? Is it stay the course and just keep writing this out or do you have big plans coming up? What's going on? Yeah, there's a little bit of that feeling. It's sort <laughs> of week to week. 
Yeah. I think everyone collectively can understand that. It's just with COVID, you kind of have no idea what's coming next. Right. Um, but also trying to just focus on that all the time, like becomes a pretty tiring conversation. So yeah, a slight sense of week to week. And I, I think I really do want to grow the online platform. And because Ollie and I both have these marketing skills, I always equate it to like a builder doesn't often do work on their own house. Yeah. It's a little bit like that with me and Ollie with this business. So yeah, we do. We both have goals of things we want to do. We're about to set up this space into an at-home studio. I was wondering about um, that so when I saw it. Yeah. Don't have to keep going back into the studio to film. So that's kind of the next step. There's a whole heap of little lights and things out there that we've purchased. So that's quite exciting. And then actually putting some work into proper digital marketing. Yeah, we've, we've been just relying on our clients and their friends and word of mouth, really, and social media. But very little paid marketing. And yeah, there's a few reasons for it. I, I personally don't have much going on in my own social media. I'm quite like a social media cynic, you could <laughs> say. I, because I studied media studies and you become all like, hmm. Um, <laughs> Rightly so, I think. But it is a tool and it. you have to use it. I mean, that's the unfortunate part is you can't unfortunately turn your back on it as much as you'd like to, I think. Every now and then I'll yeah. kind of connect with a studio owner or someone starting a business in another realm and they're like, oh, I don't want to do social media. I'll just do it organically. And I think we've really cross that line now you know five years ago maybe you could make a stand and and draw a line in the sand but I think that now it's absolutely essential and there's no way out it is and I find it much easier to do the marketing for the studio because again it's not just it's a very community feel I've got all the team but I am struggling with marketing Barbase anywhere on demand because it's kind of I'm the face of it yeah and I'm not really using it and I do just need to get over myself Um, (laughs) It's, it, yeah. it's, hard. it's a wee bit hard for me, eh? Yeah, no, I feel for you. I, I get it. Trust me. And I think it's really different shifting from marketing your studio when you're really only marketing to people who can physically show up. And I found that really interesting as a studio owner. There's all these great marketing ideas floating around, but I don't want to reach people on Facebook that live 300 kilometers or in America or, you know, like it doesn't actually help you at that point. So, yeah, that's a massive transition from I want to market to my community that are physically here versus I want to find community out there wherever that resonate with us that haven't actually been to an in-person class. Whole different Mm -hmm. world. And it feels a little bit more like you're talking about yourself rather than (laughs) why we do what we do is to support other people and to make other people feel good. And, yeah, I mean, there are totally different ways that we could approach it. And there's so many beautiful testimonials and things, so... But yeah, that's the sort of next step, I think, is growing that side of the business. The cool thing about online is that it's scalable. You know, it can right. be just amount of work, but you're really reaching a whole whole new set of people. Yep. And if you grow your studio, you've got to add more classes. You've got to find new teachers. and It's fine. Um, that's exciting. Yeah. You kind of do want to put a, well, I do. I want to put a cap on that at a certain point. Like, I don't want to have two studios. I wouldn't want to franchise. So Firebase Anywhere just allows us to create a little bit more growth, yep. reach a few more households and, yeah, but do it ourselves and keep it in, keep a cap on it. Yeah. yeah, I think it's interesting because it does remove that. When I was a studio owner, I always felt like even if I could make hundreds of thousands of dollars in a studio, which I couldn't, I assure you, but even if I could, it wouldn't be right anyway. You know, like I don't feel like we should be making 
building mansions based on yoga or bar or any of these things that are set up to serve people and make them feel better. You know, you should make enough to be comfortable, but you shouldn't be making millions of dollars, I don't think. It's my personal opinion. But I think with the on-demand platform, it's a little more, I'm not saying you're still going to be making millions of dollars, but I feel like it's a little more feasible to have it out there and go, this is actually a good income earner. I am reaching other people, but I'm not taking more than I'm owed, taking more than is due to me from doing what I do in the community. Sure. And when you're doing an online business, especially when when you've got a marketing background, you know, there's all those sort of keywords that always come up. And if you're using integrations and things like Stripe, it's really clear to see sort of what's coming in and your outgoings are huge, you know. I mean, your video gear is expensive and especially if you're doing it right, platforms can cost, video gear is expensive. But yeah, you are seeing like a very clear kind of income coming in. Yeah. You see how many subscribers you've got and I get an email every time we lose one or we gain one and, uh, (laughs) you know, so it's kind of, it's it's very clear to see like how how you're going and what your growth is. And it's quite fun to set goals as well. And yeah, yeah. How do you Uh, feel like you cope with, I know it's kind of intrinsically you are the studio and the studio is you to a certain extent. Do you feel like you cope well with those ups and downs? Can you kind of remove yourself from the studio and the on-demand? So both of them together, like losing students, losing subscribers, gaining. Do you feel like that's part of the business that you can ride that wave or does it sometimes impact you a little bit more than you'd like I mean I do get a bit gutted when I see someone decide to not continue but I half the time actually the people that are ending their online are because they're coming back to the studio that's a beautiful side of it yeah so it's a nice swap whereas Ollie's like oh no and I'm like that's okay this week they're coming to the studio yeah (laughs) so at least that that connection with them I do find it difficult and I'm I'm as communicative communicative as I can be with our online members to stay connected we've got online like a Facebook group. Yeah. I send a lot of emails. There's a lot of them I message personally and a lot of them are really beautiful. They'll email back after a session or if we do a Zoom, they're there face-to-face to, face to face through a Zoom screen. Yeah, But there are, there are at least 50% who have chosen to do on-demand for that exact reason. You know, they don't want, they want to be anonymous. Mm. So it is a little bit difficult because you can't connect in the same way. Yeah. But there is that there are so many nice messages that come through, especially for people who work shifts or work really late or live remotely. Yeah. There's a lot of use cases and examples of why on demand is really powerful and how it does help so many people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I really did think it wouldn't feel as amazing as it does seeing people face to face and seeing their progress, but there are some really nice examples of stories that have come through that make it all worthwhile. Yeah, I think it does make a big difference to people. But your studio classes are full, very full. So people are clearly (laughs) coming, maybe too full in some cases. So people are clearly coming back for that in-person as well and really enjoying it and and having that connection, which I think is really beautiful. It is a moment. But COVID numbers, we've had to restrict our class sizes a little bit, which is why it does look busier than usual. Still pretty busy. We've had to cut out about eight people per class, I think. Yeah, but it's still um, cranking. It looks good. It is me. busy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. We're very lucky. That's awesome. a great support system. So do you have any wise words of wisdom for people that are thinking of going into a business like this? Like just really simple. Would you, I mean, I guess 
we could start with, would you do it again? And I think I already know the answer to this question. You seem very at peace in your business and aligned with your business, which I think is a beautiful thing. Is it something you'd recommend to other people? I definitely don't think it is for everyone, actually. No, I think there's a really big difference between teaching and running a business and also practicing Mm. and being a teacher. There's a lot of people who fall in love with going to a bar class or a Pilates class, yoga class, and decide they want to do a training. Yep. That's kind of, that's the first step. And even inside that training, it might just be more for you. It's, it, you know, I think you have to sacrifice a lot of your own training actually to be a teacher. Totally. You, I, yeah, I would do, when I lived in Australia, I took a wee sort of gap year and had the studio, the physical studio managed. And I did all the sort of admin from online. That's when we first actually got punch pass oh, yeah. sorted because I had a lot more breathing room. Yeah. So I was messaging you. Um, to get that all sorted. Yeah. So yeah, when we were living over there, because I wasn't teaching, um, I went to so many classes in the Gold Coast, which was really fun. And I was so fit and so strong and doing so much for myself. It's not the same when you're teaching 15 no. times a week. You know, you're you're physically tired from supporting those people yeah. in the classroom. You also don't want to continuously feel like you're at work. Right. Um, a lot of people that I know who have, have been teachers have been doing a lot of online classes, actually, because it's kind of like they get to go home, not be at their workplace, but still move. Yeah. So that's an interesting. Yeah, that but, is. Yeah, I mean, I, I would just, yeah, really consider that it may not be for you. And you probably don't know until you try. Yeah. That's the, that's the thing. But there is certainly a difference between you enjoying exercising for yourself, you enjoying teaching, and then the whole other level again of running a business. Yeah. Because is like a very, very small part of it, you know? <laughs> uh, absolutely. And I think a lot of people almost get not trapped because obviously they're making conscious choices the whole way through, but they start teaching, maybe their classes get popular, they outgrow their spaces or they need more times at their spaces mm-hmm. that they're teaching in. Then they grab a studio and then I think they realize all the things that come with running a studio that are just wild. Like the number of facets, we've touched on the marketing side of things, we've touched on the online side of things, but the things you have to handle as a studio owner and managing people, I think, is one of the ones that really takes people by surprise. So I love hearing how aligned you and your teachers are. I think that's awesome. I also don't think it's the experience of a lot of people. I think a lot of people are managing a bit more of a mixed bag of people, Yeah, which is a lot more challenging, I think. Do you outsource anything at this point or do you, are you, would you feel like you are, you're doing everything at the moment? Is that your general vibe? Um. Well, I mean, I feel like I've outsourced so much admin to punch pass. <laughs> well, that's a good start. Really, we used to do, every, I used to reply, we used to take all bookings via email. I had like a Google sheet with just like numbers. And, you know, how ridiculous is that in retrospect? Yeah. And I remember all my partner saying, okay, so how many hours are you doing of that a week? Yeah. And how much would you pay yourself? And that's always like a really great way to decide whether you, whether you want to take on some new technology. Yeah, You know, what are you worth? How many hours are you spending each week? What does punch pass or zero or whatever cost each month? It's totally worth it. I so, totally agree. Yeah, I think. That was help. Yeah, and that's the outsourcing. I know I have that conversation quite often with people who are looking at coming to punch pass, like I would have spoken to you five or six years ago about it, and they kind of um and ah mm-hmm. about paying that little bit more for the plan that you're on where everything's kind of integrated and wonderful and works, and I'm like, 
it's an hour of pay a month. Like that extra little chunk a month is just going to take everything away from you. Like it just all flows and yeah, it's huge. I mean, as you know, I came to Punchfast as a user and now ended up here and I agree, it just kind of took everything away, but it's not. I mean, you've moved your content library or your videos are now somewhere else, which is totally reasonable. I mean, we're not everything to everyone, but it is good to hear how yeah. much of that weight we've taken off of your shoulders. Yeah. The video library didn't exist on Punch Pass when we started doing online. Uh-huh. So that's why. Oh. Um, if that was there, then they would have. Yeah. yeah. So we, we got onto that quite quickly. Yeah. Um, at this, right at the pandemic. And I was amazed at how quickly you you guys responded. And the great thing actually with having, I think, punch, so many of the Punch Pass team based in the States was that that was already happening over there far before it was happening in Australia and New Zealand. Yeah. So you know, those Zoom links were already integrated and we were straight in. It was just so easy. Yeah. I'm so grateful for that. The, the video library wasn't, so we went onto another app yeah. at that time. And then, as you say, you I'm a wee bit stuck on that app now. It's, pretty, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's okay. It's doing its job. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and then we actually only integrated with Stripe onto that new punch pass plan recently. So I think we started on like a mid-tier plan. Yeah. We had the waitlist feature, which is amazing. But only recently did I take that next step and get Stripe integrated and have all the payments go through online again yeah. so much easier. I was managing all the memberships with emailing like an antiquated kind of form <laughs> that they signed and then set up automatic payments and uh like yeah. I you know, you make these decisions and when you finally just pay that little bit extra and it's not even, it wasn't the money. It was actually just the administrative time of like yeah. getting that sorted. Yeah. But it saves so much time now. So yeah. I, I feel like I outsource too with that. I have an accountant and it's a great system actually with her. So it's kind of like a pay for a year and you get to ask as many questions as you want. Oh, I um, like that. I, yeah, it's good. It's really good. And I don't, that's not my strength. Money stuff, no. not my, I'm not great at. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I like Steel. She just does all of that. I guess I outsource videography to Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> that works <laughs> too. Um, in design work at times. But other than that, no. But everything else we manage. Yeah. yeah at the moment. It's impressive. Yeah. I think and, it's really. Yeah, but it's nice as well. It's intimate. And I, yeah, a lot of people ask, what's next for Barbase? And I don't think you have to have a next. No. I think you can keep things small. Like you say, you don't want to – I mean, it's such a great brand that there has been a lot of people come to us and ask, can they do license agreements? Can they franchise our brand? But I just would never want that. I'd never want to let go of what the brand means to us. And, yeah, it's just not my goal to have this big yeah. thing. It's kind of nice to get to yeah. a point where you're just kind of cruising along and, and you feel like you can ride the waves of whatever lockdowns and, you know, things we're trying not to focus too mm-hmm. much on anymore. But knowing that you've got the tools to go back online or go in person again, I think is so huge. And we see so many people switching back and forth and it's just so great for them to be able to flick that switch and go, sorry, guys, we're back online. And, oh, we're back in the studio. It's just such a, yeah, like you said, such an agile thing. And punch pass, I mean, we were really quick. <laughs> I was, you know, we came in one day and it was like, we're doing Zoom now. And it's like, all right, cool. Uh, we can roll with that. And it just rolled out really, really quickly. And it made perfect, perfect sense. And I think it was a great evolution for studios that we didn't know we needed. I 
I don't know mm-hmm. how much hesitation you saw from your clients about watching an online class, but I just remember some of ours were like, nope, it's never going to happen. Like, it's just not the same. I don't have space. Did you have a lot of hesitation mm-hmm. coming into it? Do you think those people have gone no, along, along I- the line? No. <laughs> So again, coming back to how I was saying that our clients often form our culture. Yeah, we have a lot of women who have had breast cancer, have immunity issues. We had pregnant women. We had people whose family were overseas in France, for example, and the pandemic was, you know, already rearing its head there. And there wasn't a case in New Zealand at that time. Yeah, but I was starting to get people starting to come to me and saying they're feeling a little bit anxious. What, you know, I don't know if I want to sign up for a six month membership because what if COVID comes here? And I just remember basically just being like, okay, straight away, I need a solution to this because I don't want to lose members. I don't want them to feel nervous in our studio. And um, basically that happened. I mean, these conversations were happening. And then I decided that we would go, 50% 50% online. And this was before COVID was in New Zealand. Yeah. So I don't know why my gut was very strong there. I was like, we need to go online. So I started pitching that to the members and said, we have got a 50-50 online and studio timetable now on PunchPass, the Zoom links, you can, you know, jump in on there. And the week that we had a trial to see how it was going to go, mm-hmm. the first cases of COVID were in New Zealand. Nice. And then very rapidly, New Zealand was super rapid with their lockdowns, as Australia probably knows. And yep. we were in lockdown and we were already online. So it was so good. And Ollie and I had already gone into the studio with the video gear and filmed about 10 workouts for people that didn't want to do Zoom or perhaps didn't have great internet. So they had access to pre-recorded classes as well. So we were sort of set to go. And yeah. having a lockdown, there's people no choice. They want to move. They want to do something. So everyone was forced to sample it. And then, yeah, Stuck when around. we went back to the studio, some people were like, I love having that option. I love being able to do like a short 20-minute workout. Yeah, We'll go for a bike ride and then do a stretch class. Or There's just so many examples of how it works well for people who can't make it in. And even I live 20 minutes out of town yeah. and 20 minutes out of town Dunedin's, you know. <laughs> a long way away. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone thinks we're mad living out here. But yeah, like you don't want to have to drive three or four times a day. And sometimes yeah. that's your reality. So driving in just for a bar class, um, sometimes not worth it. If you can do it online, that's great. Do you think you would have come around to that anyway without COVID? Or do you think... Yeah, yeah, the conversation, we were having the conversation already. And I guess because we had the skills to do that. Yeah. It's, I feel so lucky that we had the video gear. Ollie was a videographer and he can set up that sort of stuff for me. And I used to work at a booking system as well before I worked at the other tech company, a hair and beauty booking system. Yeah. So between me and him, we research a lot you yeah. know, into what system is going to work well. And we'd discussed it for ages, but again, never got around to it because we were working full time. Yeah. But yeah, COVID kind of pushed us to do it. And then COVID pushed us to then end up both leaving our full time jobs. And Ollie's a freelancer now and works for Barbase Anywhere as well, obviously. And yeah, it's the best thing that's ever happened. That's so brilliant. I love that. No, that's so good. You guys did such a beautiful job and I love seeing all of your little bits working together. I think that's one of my favourite parts about your business is just seeing it all integrate. 
And I love how happy your students are. I think that's such a beautiful thing to see as well. We yeah, like having you. I feel really lucky that people are really open. Um, you know, you can, it's Dunedin. Dunedin's everyone's <laughs> super laid back, down yeah. to earth, um, but also very loving and sharing. And yeah, you get just really nice face-to-face feedback or yeah. even via email. People want to tell you how grateful they are and that just makes all the difference. It does make all the difference. It's such, yeah, it's a selfless job what we do. There's a lot of energy that goes into it and I love it. I never feel tired of it. Like yeah. I, <laughs> uh, yeah, I've got a lot of energy for it because I get so much out of it. Right. Yeah, so I feel lucky with that. But it certainly does make all the difference when you're getting that feedback and appreciation from your customers and seeing their strength. That's just the best feeling ever is watching people confident, become more strong, sleep well. You know, people tell us regularly that they used to not be able to sleep through the night with back pain and that's not the same anymore. And yeah, it's pretty powerful. Yeah. We used to get the same in the yoga studio and that is, it's an incredibly powerful thing when someone's so vulnerable Mm -hmm. and such a beginner when they come and you just see them start blossoming Mm -hmm. and the strength it takes I think for people to take that first step is so underrated it's such a terrifying thing to do anytime someone walks through the doors of something new I think it's just so brilliant and then to see them progress and evolve in whatever that means for them yeah Yeah. it's a it's a privilege and I'll yeah yeah it is is. there's some pretty cool stories but specifically I think like when you're in, in that situation especially teaching a class like a bar class they're hard yeah and so much of it is, you know, mental endurance. It's like listening to your body, but also battling that kind of mindset. Totally. And um, certainly see people shift. Yeah. And I just love to, you know, see how they've evolved in other parts of their world as well. Yeah. You know, in relationships at work, because you just see them walk in the door differently. And yep. like, I know that that must change how they approach other parts of their lives. Well, you see them cool. get through hard things. You see them at the start of a hard thing and when they get through the hard thing and when they come out of the other end. And I think that's a privilege that long-term studio owners get to have as well. I mean, when you've been doing it for as long as you have, yeah, you really spend a lot of time with these people and you see them evolve. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. It's really cool. And mm-hmm. I love how aligned your business sounds. It's not necessarily the way it is for everyone but I think it's really inspirational to hear that that's the way it is for you because it sounds like it is just it's just how you're walking through life you've got it all and your people and Ollie sounds very helpful (laughs) it sounds like a beautiful thing it's been really really great to talk to you today is there anything else you'd like to put out into the world any gems of wisdom any thing you live by that you think you would just love to pass on or are you all good yeah I think just yeah keep doing if you're teaching keep doing it for all the right reasons and think bigger than just especially for bar and pilates think bigger than just the body yeah I always sort of say one of my favorite things is just like I've already touched on you know just working with your body not on it and focusing on what you gain and rather than what you lose because there's just so much more as a teacher to get out of those lessons. I think that's been the most rewarding thing for me and that's what makes it more sustainable is focusing on those bigger things, the emotional and mental and holder, as we say in New Zealand and in Te Ao Māori, is just those different parts of the, you know, spiritual, physical, emotional, all of the facets. It's very yogic as well. Yeah, it's super important to make sure that that comes into the Pilates and bar world because I do think it's been lost there a little bit. 
Yeah. But Pilates and Bar is just as just as mindful as yoga and just as powerful. And yeah, to not lose sight of that and just to be the change. Because we don't need we don't need bar and Pilates to be focused around body and a certain body type and what you should look like and burning your bum and abs and no. it, yeah, it's more sustainable to focus on what you gain beyond the body. Yeah. That's awesome, Rosa. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been really lovely to talk to you and really inspiring. I appreciate it. So nice to meet you, Claire, and thanks for all the amazing support. I have Dunedin's full of Punch Pass users now because... (laughs) It's a bit like Adelaide, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of people use it and like it, and our customers who use it like it. Yeah, even people ask if they can try and use it for all sorts of different things beyond fitness. So We love all sorts of different things, so yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we appreciate your support and it just makes all the difference in choosing Punch Pass. Thank you. If you'd like to learn more about any of the guests that we've featured on the show or about Punch Pass, you can head to our website at punchpass.com. 